Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, Canadian Poultry, Drainage Contractor, and The Trough Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. The Water Table, a Princo Education initiative, is proud to sponsor this podcast as part of its mission to enrich the industry through education. Learn more at watertable.ag. That's watertable.ag. Welcome to our fourth and final episode of the 2023 Groundbreakers podcast series. I'm your host, Drainage Contractor Editor Bree Rohde, and today we're talking with Dr. Gary Sands of the University of Minnesota. They say greatness recognizes greatness, which is appropriate because Gary was nominated by fellow 2023 groundbreaker Chris Hay. Considered a leading educator in the field of drainage and water management, Dr. Sands is also known for his powerful collaboration skills. He's led a series of drainage design workshops that have been a model for other extension drainage schools, and he's led the development of the annual drainage research forum, which is now in its 21st year. His nominator, Chris, described his research work as game-changing and having led to significant scientific advancements. For more on his background and his current work, here's my talk with Gary. If you could just tell me a little bit about your history and how you ended up going into agriculture in an academic sense, uh, what drove you to that, but then what drove you to focus on drainage, subsurface drainage, water management, and pursue that field kind of with with all your heart. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we only have a half hour. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> this one question alone. Uh, you know, interesting. I found my way to the field of agricultural engineering. Um, like like many do, even even up through today uh, in our in our program. We don't call it agricultural engineering anymore, but, um, you know, I had a, a passion for the environment and outdoors and water in particular. Um, and, um, you know, I went to college and looking for a way to find those things uh, somewhere in, in what I was studying. And, um, you know, long story short, that led me to... Um, that led me to the College of Agriculture, and that led me to one of the agricultural engineering programs in the country at the University of Delaware. Um, very small program compared with our Midwest uh, programs, but nonetheless, um, you know the the um, the program is is very similar uh, with all the same sort of basics and fundamentals, and um, and um, so you know that began my path um, in, in this field. And, um, you know, the, 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 um, the sub area within agricultural engineering involving water management in agricultural systems, we used to call soil and water engineering. Some people still do, um, that involves, you know, irrigation and drainage and, and everything else, water, uh, with regard to agricultural systems. It just really, you know, I don't know what it was. It just really got to me. And uh, I really found a strong interest in it, even though I'm not a farm kid, didn't grow up around a farm um, uh, at all. But the idea of, you know, the idea of managing water in agricultural systems, I just found to be really intriguing and really challenging. Um, and, and so back then, back in the day, we had a very broad sort of education um, taking courses in all the different areas of agricultural engineering um, and uh, not enough courses in the water area. And so 
I, I knew that I, ha I needed to get more background in that. And so that immediately led me to graduate school so I could, I could back up that coursework and, and do more work and uh, get more courses in, in water management and hydrology and so forth. Um, and anyway, that just, you know, um, set me down a path to continue working in water management, water quality for agricultural systems that I've been in, you know, till today. Mm -hmm. um, the interestingly in the drainage area, it was, um, you know, all of us take, you know, in, in our basic coursework, we, we study irrigation drainage and many other things related to water. Um, but after finishing my master's degree, I worked for a small consulting firm in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we were developing software applications uh, for irrigation and, and terrain analysis and so forth. And back then, you know, this was in the 1980s. In the early 80s, computers were what they were then, not much <laughs> horsepower. And um, <clears throat> we actually developed a drainage application. Mm -hmm. It was published in your magazine. Oh, uh, <laughs> And I, I wish I had looked it up before we met, but maybe I'll give you some homework. You can you can look that up. You know, um, coincidentally, I have a bin of old issues on my desk right now because it's the 50 year anniversary this uh, this May issue. So um, if I can narrow it down, though, I will find that. That's awesome. Yeah, it would have been in the um, in the 1980s. Okay. And the software we developed was called Landrain. Right. And, that um, was mentioned in your nomination package. So I'm oh, and that in okay. DrainMod as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I had no hand in developing DrainMod, but I've used oh, it a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, LandDrain was, uh, if you look at the sort of the features that you see in some of the, the most recent uh, drainage software applications, uh, you know, put out by, um, oh, what are they, XM, XM Drain and so forth, um, or WM Drain. Um, we had all those features in our software back in the 1980s. And um, so uh, that sort of, uh, uh, how should I say it? Uh, that experience with developing that software for drainage systems really kind of um, stayed with me with that intrigue in, in the world of drainage. Uh, even though I was sort of disconnected from it, you know, from the 1990s up till, well, up until the early 2000s when I landed at the University of Minnesota. Mm. Um, I did a number of things in between, including working internationally. Mm -hmm. But when I landed at the University of Minnesota in 1998, uh, being Minnesota being the way it is in the upper Midwest, you know, like Iowa and Ohio and Indiana and Illinois and all the, all the other uh, upper Midwestern states, drainage is such a front and centerpiece with regard to water management for agriculture. And so I was able to just dive right back in and mm -hmm. um, it was really great. <laughs> Almost like coming full circle yeah. um, for me to get back into the world of drainage. And uh, I just sort of ate it up and, and having an extension position, you know, allowed me to really kind of get out there and um, spend time with practitioners, you know, farmers, contractors, and agency staff that were, are interested in, and involved in water management. And um, so it's been, that's sort of the the story. It's it's a great story, um, you know, and I love that you found your way back to drainage because, you know, I can't, and I, kn I know people in the industry don't often like to compliment themselves, especially those who are more in the academia side. But um, when I say that so many of our previous groundbreakers or people I speak to for interviews mention 
having worked with you, um, with you being a mentor or a collaborator. And so um, I think I think the industry is pretty glad about that. On that note, um, you know, obviously being an extension and being in academia, you get to work, you know, with all sorts of people. You get to work with these organizations like the ADMC, but you also get to work with contractors. And can you tell me what you like about working with contractors and farmers and, you know, what that kind of does to expand your horizons? Well, I do love that. And it's where I get to go back to school. Um <laughs> You know, uh, my colleagues and I, you know, we, we've got all the fundamentals, uh, all the theoretical aspects down pat pretty well. But in terms of how things really work um, out on the landscape, in the fields, on the farms, um, we learn every time we're out there. And I certainly do. And in fact, I was with, uh, with my colleague at Sangane at Michigan State mm-hmm. last week um, at his drainage workshop. Um, just helping out a little bit, but there were a lot of farmers and contractors in the room and I, you know, I'm still learning every time I spend time with them. So, um, you know, these are, you know, to a person, salt of the earth, um, you know, ready to show you what they do and how they do it. And, um, you just can't find a cross section of humanity like, like, like these individuals anywhere else. I don't think. Absolutely. Now, I would love to talk about your role in developing the Drainage Research Forum. And um, it's funny because when you mentioned South Dakota, um, something uh, now stands out about your nomination package, which is that uh, Drainage Research Forum, originally a collaboration between Minnesota and Iowa that now includes South Dakota. So I'm kind of putting together the pieces, but can you tell me about how that developed? Sure. The Drainage Research Forum, you know, when when I got on board at University of Minnesota, um, <clears throat> there was, um, I think there had been an absence of void for some number of years, um, uh, in work I- involving drainage, mm-hmm. certainly in the extension front. And, um, so when I co- came on board, there were, um, a number of individuals, um, uh, in the contractor community, you know, Minlaika, um, uh, uh, national like uh, that really wanted to make sure that um, you know this new person coming into extension in Minnesota at least played some role in drainage and so I was involved right away with with people from industry um, uh, in um, trying to uh, how should I say um, sort of take stock of where we were and where we needed to go and at that time, we, um, several of us pulled together um, uh, individuals from Iowa State and uh, University of Minnesota to sign an MOU um, that sort of pledged that the states would continue their longstanding tradition of working together toward advancing drainage. Mm-hmm. And the forum, that that MOU was signed at the first drainage forum. Um, I can't remember if it was 2000 or 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, that MOU was signed by our deans, uh, extension deans from both, both colleges, both schools. And um, that forum became a centerpiece for sort of that cooperation, collaboration together um, that exists until today. And... Um, and so I was involved right at the beginning as one of the sort of players. And then um, 
individuals from Iowa State. Matt Helmers came on board maybe a year or two after that. And so Matt and I were connected on that right away. Um, and then um, I don't remember what year it was, but Chris landed at uh, South Dakota State. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I think Chris and Matt were already connected, already knew, knew one another. But um, I had an opportunity to then connect with Chris through the drainage workshops that we had been offering every year. And um, first time I got to experience his depth of knowledge and his his uh, genius, if you will, he, he's amazing to work with. Mm -hmm. I'm so honored to be uh, there with him in this class of of groundbreakers. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, I think we met at maybe ASABE or something like that. And um, I asked him if he if I could kind of pull him into um, working together on our drainage workshops. And um, he was very happy to do that. And then so pulling him into the drainage forum at, at his school, South Dakota State, was just a, a natural after we began to work together. And we saw the the need that was in South Dakota at the time as well. And it just seemed like a natural extension of of what we had started. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a we don't have an MOU for the three schools. We just have that one MOU. Doesn't really matter. We, you know, we're all working together. Um, anyway, and, um, that's how they became, a, you know, one of the, the partners in the drainage research forum. That's great. If you're listening to this, it's because you love hearing different perspectives from the field, but you know, what's just as good seeing perspectives from the field. If you want to show drainage contractors readership, your highlights, this is your sign to enter the drainage contractor 2023 photo contest. Whether it's digging trenches or basins, laying tile, creating intriguing new systems, or taking in the whole finished product, your photo could be featured on the cover of Drainage Contractors November issue. Submissions will be accepted from July 10th until September 15th. Please ensure that your photo is a valid image format and 8 by 10 inches at 300 dpi resolution. You can submit at drainagecontractor.com slash photocontest or find the link on our homepage in the top menu bar. Now, uh, speaking of research, I did want to bring up another thing that came up in your nomination package, which was your work um, in um, reducing uh, nitrate uh, or reduction in nitrate and discharge using shallow drainage. So um, I would say I'm I'm just an editor. I'm not necessarily an expert mm -hmm. in this. So this is not something I have read or written a lot about. So can you tell me a little bit about this? Yeah, gosh, uh, how much do you want to know? Um... <laughs> Uh, uh, six minutes worth now. <laughs> let, let me get my PowerPoint out here. Uh, uh -huh. You know, we're we're all of us uh, in the in the world of drainage these days, um, especially those in 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 academics, where our research is all um, it's focused on productivity and profitability, but it's also focused on the environment mm -hmm. and water quality. And um, so we're all working to reduce, you know, nutrient losses from agricultural fields. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it turns out drainage is, is um, one way the nutrients are lost mm -hmm. um, from our agricultural system. So we're all working on that. And um, shallow drainage was something that was suggested by one of our steam colleagues, uh, Wayne Skaggs, mm -hmm. over at North Carolina State, who's retired now, but uh, a real giant in the, in the world of drainage uh, research. And um, um, we sort of picked up that call um, that he made um, 
he sort of put a hypothesis out there that um, you know shallow drainage could be one way to reduce drainage volumes and hence uh, nutrients um, in drainage water. And uh, we took that to heart and put in a research site in Wasika, Minnesota, and then began also modeling that practice of shallow drainage. And um, yeah, it turns out he was right. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty effective. Um, and it's, you know, it's now it's just one of those one of those practices in the suite of practices we call, you know, conservation drainage practices. Mm -hmm. um, so. In terms of like um, landscapes that it's applicable to, is it um, more universal in uh, in most land drained areas? Like, would it work as well in, say, southern Ontario or northern Ontario as it would in the in like the Minnesota Midwest area? Yeah, any place you're doing drainage, mm -hmm. uh, shallow drainage could be a candidate. Um, Great. Because when you're trying to achieve a certain uh, drainage rate for a field or a certain rate of water removal for a field, um, you know, you can do that by, you have sort of a, um, you have many options for sort of depth and spacing of your drains to achieve that same water removal rate. Mm. And so um, uh, barring some sort of um, issue with the soil, one can always opt to go more shallow and um, uh, and closer together, again, to uh, achieve the same water removal rate, but then again, to reduce overall uh, drainage drainage volumes. So it, the beauty of it is it's not limited by topography the way controlled drainage or drainage management is. That, that really needs to have flat topographies uh, mm. to be to be most applicable. Uh, shallow drainage can, anywhere drains go, um, you know, shallow drainage could be an option. Excellent. All right. Well, my last question is a bit of a two-parter, um, or I say it, it's a, it's a one and a half parter because often, you know, challenges are the same as opportunity. There's that joke in the Simpsons. Yes. Christ-itunity. <laughs> um, but as you look forward kind of beyond 2023, what do you view as both the biggest challenges and biggest opportunities uh, for agricultural drainage? Yeah, um, you know, I uh, I do a number of um, guest lectures and also have a course in uh, water resource sustainability, an online course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I make the point to students that, um, you know, if we think about global agriculture um, and what we need to do as the population increases, the the areas... The agricultural areas that are under irrigation and drainage are some of the most productive systems. They are the most productive systems on the planet. And they, they feed a disproportionate number of people um, compared with rain-fed systems because they are so productive. So mm -hmm. they are just absolutely critical to our, to our agricultural production systems uh, globally, uh, nationally, um, uh, and so um, we would be, uh, it'd be really challenging to not have those two practices in our in our toolkit. Um, that said, a lot of people don't really understand that and drainage kind of has a, um, a bad connotation associated with it. Um, um, you know, when you get out of farm country, um, certainly in the, in the populated cities and so forth, they think it's, it's, it's a bad thing. And so, you know, one of one of the challenges is kind of working with drainages, uh, 
you know, reputation and, and um, helping others understand what an important practice it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you know, we have so many conservation practices now that, um, you know, our colleagues all around the the world uh, have been working on to mitigate some of the unwanted effects of agricultural drainage. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, drainage is not alone in terms of unwanted agricultural effects. Anytime you go in and disturb a natural system, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, unwanted effects. Um, you've got the things that you're after, you know, the positives, uh, objectives, and some of the unwanted effects are always there. So a drainage is not alone in that category. But we have so many practices now um, mm-hmm. that help us mitigate those unwanted effects. And I think one of our one of our biggest opportunities and challenges again is to get um, to get more of those practices on the ground mm-hmm. than we currently do. Um, I think our I think our implementation uh, of those practices is is way lagging behind our our knowledge of how they work mm-hmm. and and how effective they are. And it's not just engineering, and it's not just installation knowledge um you know economics and policies and and everything you know also comes into play here but our 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 conservation drainage network meeting that's set for uh you know eaton uh, uh maryland here in early april is really the theme of that meeting is you know getting more conservation drainage practices on the ground doing more of it mm-hmm. so you know i think that's a big uh, challenge for all of us um, all of us being, um, you know, not just researchers, but, you know, practitioners and, and, uh, farmers as well. So, that's... Uh, you know, with the remaining time that I have, whatever that is, uh, working in the world of drainage, you know, that's where I intend to, to spend my time is trying to help folks understand that and, and, uh, help those that, you know, design and plan and install those practices really know how to get it done. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm really happy that with the contractor honorees that we chose this year for groundbreakers that, you know, guys like Jacob and uh, Jacob Hansaker and uh, Laverne Weber, that they are very big in boosting those conservation practices, things like saturated buffers and uh, bioreactors. You know, I think it's good for being, you know, role models in the, in the drainage industry. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're sort of the, the front lines, the first link, you know, the, the farmers come to them and if they're not hearing it from, from contractors, it's likely going to be a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're, we don't hear from the farmers. You know, we're involved with farmers. We get involved with them in, in various things. But, you know, when it comes to a new project, it's the contractor that gets the phone call, mm-hmm. um, not the guy sitting on campus. <laughs> yes, so, for sure. So it's so important to have them, you know, really up to speed and, and um, behind, you know, mm-hmm. behind these these practices as well. I agree. Thank you for listening to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast brought to you by the agricultural brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit agannex.com to catch up on all our other episodes.